0: What's
1: this Tao all
0: about?
1: about? You're listening to What's this Dao all about? welcome back to what's this Dao all about? My name is Todd Perry, and with me is Dr. Carl Totten C. Joe. And on today's show, we are going to discuss uh, some simple daily practices uh, that can uh, enhance your cultivation of the Dao. And then also we've got uh, we're going to talk a little bit about being. And we're going to start her off here with uh, a article I found the other day about Wu Wei from a place where you wouldn't find an article usually about Wu Wei from the Huffington Post business section. <laughs> and so this is by author named Tova Payne, and I've abridged this because it's a it's a, it's a a bit longer and uh, it has concerns for time. We can get to the point a little quicker, but uh, she says, several years ago, after spending months getting the word out for a retreat, I thought to myself... I wonder what will happen if I practice the Taoist art of Wu Wei, the art of non-action, for the next one. So I did nothing. Aside from the retreat being listed on my website, I did not spread the word in my classes, to friends, or to anybody. I didn't make any posters or do any marketing or promotion at all. I thought, let's see if this art of the Tao works. (laughs) And you know what happened? Nothing happened. My experiment of doing nothing taught me that the art of wu-wei must mean something beyond its literal naked meaning. The art of non-action, also known as wu-wei in Taoism, doesn't mean sitting on a couch like a couch potato, doing nothing, and expecting clients and money to fall in your lap. That's like visualization without action, or practicing the art of manifesting without moving beyond your affirmations and daydreams. It doesn't yield what you desire. Non-action has a greater meaning. It's action that feels like non-action because you're swimming downstream. You're moving with the current. You're moving from a place of joy and ease. Joy and ease can mean that you tell every person you meet about your next event. You're so filled with excitement about it that you can't stop yourself from telling your neighbor, mail person, and cashier at the supermarket about it. Swimming downstream means taking the action that feels so fulfilling and energizing that it feels like you're doing nothing at all. Have you ever done something where time seems to vanish? You're so in the moment, having so much fun that time seems to escape to another dimension until you look up at the clock and can't believe that four hours just whooshed by. Often our creative work aligns us with this magical force of flow, which is the essence of not action On the contrary, swimming upstream is when every minute you look at the clock and you can't believe it's only 9.15 a.m. You have no idea how you're going to make it through the day. Every action you take feels like you're moving through concrete, and the heaviness of the task feels like hardcore labor. The art of non-doing isn't about literally doing nothing. It's about taking the action that lifts you up, propels you forward, and with a force that seems to carry you, it feels like you're not doing anything because it feels so natural, joyful, and liberating. Yes. I feel like that's a perfect explanation, and... The great thing is a practical, real-world, so, you know, uh, practice. Uh, you know, in my own life, it's like doing this show. Uh, it's not a heavy lifting. It's not. I don't have to force myself to think about doing it. It's a natural. And, oh, got to do that show. Got to, got to, got to email Dr. Carl and see, you know, when he's <laughs> free to do it. And it, it just arises out of desire to have it happen. And it's not work. It's joyous, and it gets made. And I think it maybe people like it because you know that background to it you know
0: but yet the show or anything else in your life wouldn't happen if you literally did nothing no
1: if i s- <laughs> sat at home and said somebody's got to record this
0: show <laughs> someone's got to get in the car and drive there and get the mics out and the sound equipment uh maybe it'll just happen all by itself you no know? no uh not in this 3d uh polarized universe that's not going to happen no uh we're not there yet no Uh, maybe next time the next dimensional level that might be possible but it's definitely not possible here you know i I like one thing that she says here in her article that going with the flow wu-wei doing what is natural for any given situation rather than unnatural struggling trying to force something that doesn't really fit so not non-doing doesn't literally mean doing nothing, unless of course that's appropriate. Like if you're waiting, waiting for forces to gather and come together, waiting for other people to be on the same page as you, waiting for the resources that you need in order to complete a mission or a task or something that requires some supports in order for it to manifest at its pr- appropriate level and appropriate time. Remember, timing is everything in life yeah, and if you do something if you're rushing full speed ahead and you get there before it's ready, then what's going to happen? Yeah it's going to fall apart. And then you have to go back to the beginning and start all over again mm-hmm. and that you know the old st- story about the hare and the tortoise right yes. <laughs> yeah. slow and steady sometimes wins the race yes if that's appropriate yeah other times you know if if Fast a car if, if a car is coming and you don't run quickly out of the way bye bye <laughs> <Right. laughs> slow and steady uh lost the race in that instance and that's why i say discernment is so crucial when it comes to living a a life informed by the Tao. We have to be able to see things as they are, not as we want them to be, like them to be, hope that they are, fantasize that they are. One of my teachers always says, "Ah, Fantasy, he says, fantasy. That's just a fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> that's nothing to do with reality. That's one of my great Zen masters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he constantly says that. Uh, and we have uh, to be here, present in the now, seeing things as they are. And then if we live from that reality uh, beyond getting trapped by the distinctions, but seeing them and accepting them and living from the reality that those distinctions, without judgment, but just they provide context for how we're going to live our lives. Then we will tend to make uh, decisions and actions that are in harmony with the Great Dao. Yeah.
1: You know, it's funny. There's a, a, a guy who does a sports show named Colin Coward, and he always oh, yes. and he always talks about. He says um, there's a there's a difference between wanting to be right and getting it right. Yes. Now, wanting to be right, uh, you know, it goes back to, again, the the chapter one, uh, ever desiring, one sees its manifestations. Ever desireless, one sees the mystery. And wanting to be right means trying to bend the world into your own bias (laughs) as to the way the world works, (laughs) right? Wanting the world to be a certain way and trying to fit it into that hole or that box. But then the opposite way of looking at things, trying to get it right, allows you to be more successful in things and not be frustrated by life because you're seeing things as they are Mm -hmm. and working with the grain. Yes, that you see in front of you instead of trying to, you know, make the river run backwards or, <laughs> or trying to force your reality on others when it's incorrect. Yes. And, you know, when we see that in politics all the time as people have these worldviews, which many of them are skewed and don't reflect reality at all. Yes. But, you know, try to bring people into the fold of their party or belief system. Mm-hmm. When people that speak simply about the way that things <laughs> actually are, we uh In advertising, there's something I always learn, writing and advertising, is people, the sad thing is the reason why the public can be manipulated in in this way is people don't believe things because of discernment. They believe things because they have reasons to want to believe them. Mm -hmm. And once you remove those reasons, those reasons are kind of hindrances and stumbling blocks to living in the actual reality Mm -hmm. and and getting the biggest benefit, Mm -hmm. you know. Being able to juice the berry of life comes from seeing what's in front of you, right? (laughs)
0: It's like I saw a cartoon the other day where um, uh, pharmaceutical executives were talking about uh, how how are they going to market something uh, uh, some some drug new drug to the public? And so first they they create the the uh, the medication the drug, yeah. then then they said well, okay next we have to create a demand for it. Uh, finally we uh, we we need to create the uh, disease that it's <laughs> yeah. purported to cure, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. and That's- then convince people that they have that so they'll buy our product. <laughs>
1: sadly that is the way things work in many 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 ways oh i know But was it like uh listerine you they they would make like do you have halitosis or whatever and that wasn't a real disease it was just like normal kind of thing but oh Greg, now i have a disease i gotta cure it with listerine
0: there's a lot of profit in that actually oh that's where all the money
1: is so uh that was a bit here from uh, the Huffington Post, and now, um, I, you know what I think. I uh, I want to get into because I think it. Oh, let's, let's let's just go with the normal order here. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm thinking too much. Um, uh, kind of one of the goals in in wanting to do this show was to be able to take something that's as abstract, in many ways. Uh, as the Tao Te Ching and Taoism and it's it's abstract because it's it's deep and granular, and you know, and so to be, but to be able to get people like and it was
0: written in ancient Chinese and very poetic, yes, uh, metaphorical fashion, yeah, and and so logical, uh, lo, just a logical straight uh, ahead way of going from A to B to C is not going to cut it. <laughs> no, it's
1: not. But I thought if there's some way, I you know, so I I, I guess I wrote to you, Doctor Carlin, saying, is there three kind of basic practices that somebody that's been listening to this show for 13 episodes or maybe just started here uh can actually put into place uh, outside from kind of this big talk you know what's like something just granular on an everyday basis basic behaviors that people can act mm-hmm. uh to live in the dao yes. or cultivate the dao
0: yes uh i uh, talk about this ceaselessly with my students you know it, it is not enough to have these uh, grandiose huge ideas about life and death and the Tao and so forth if we can't put it into practice right, right? It, 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 just, it becomes words about things that may or may not exist yeah but your daily life does exist mm-hmm. you have a body you have a brain. You've got uh, all kinds of things happening at a neurochemical level in your body. And we are creatures of what? Habits. Habits. Another word for karma. Mm. (laughs) Mm. And so if we don't have some way to interact with that, to intersect with that, and use that to enhance our moment-by-moment existence right here in the now, then the Tao will elude us. Yes. And we will continue to be... Uh, in, in the, the the wheel, the cycle of birth and death and will go around and around and around forever and it brings a lot of suffering. Mm-hmm. So how can we get out of that? Well, yeah. one of the things Lao Tzu talked about was gratitude, being appropriately appreciative of what you already have rather than constantly striving after what you don't have and probably don't need. Yeah. And so gratitude is something that I like to have my students, my clients, my friends, my family think about every day. In fact, literally write it down. Before you go to sleep at night, I think it's a good practice to think back on your day and think about at least three things that you are grateful for. That day. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's that morning you had a nice breakfast or an old friend you hadn't seen in years called you up or you saw a baby smiling on the street that day yeah. or anything or you got to work quickly and you, yeah. the traffic wasn't as bad as it usually was or, or, the, or like today it's raining, it rained and we need that in the drought. You know, there are always things, again, if we're paying attention if we have that sense of discernment, there are always things going on that, in the scheme of things, we might want to feel some gratitude towards. Because our brain is constantly, uh, because it's bipolar, it's polarized, it's constantly dividing things into good and bad, this and that. But just the way things naturally are, a natural part of the order of things, just because they are what they are, they are part of the mix that we might want to notice that it's worthy of our gratitude. Yeah. I, I always say gratitude is the proper attitude. Yeah. And if you go to sleep with the notions of gratitude in, on your conscious mind, guess what happens in your subconscious mind all night long when you're dreaming and in states of internal reverie? That. It's reinforcing it. And remember, that might be 90, 95, 99, who knows what percent of total awareness and consciousness is there. And if you're thinking about all night long, your problems, and I didn't get this, and I'm not as good as that person, and I can't do this, and I can't do that, in other words, no, as opposed to yes, then that leads to depression. And it's actually been found and uh, psychological research that if a person takes even two weeks to do this little exercise, this gratitude journal, that becomes an antidote to moderate to even severe depression for up to one year. Wow now uh, medications can't do that and have a lot more side effects (laughs) that are going to harm you (laughs) antidepressant medication and so
1: gratitude won't blow out the liver (laughs) no
0: it will enhance your life so having this sense of daily gratitude i think is very important and when you wake up in the morning you're, you're going to feel better. And at a subtle psychological level, as you go through your entire day, you know what your subconscious is going to be doing without you even noticing that it's doing it. It's going to be searching around, looking around for things to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to open you up to levels of... Processing reality in a favorable way that otherwise would have eluded you, not because they weren't there, because you didn't notice it. Right. You didn't notice it.
1: Your spotlight consciousness was not on yes. that.
0: Yes. Remember what the our founder, Lu Tang Pen, the founder of our particular kind of system of Taoism said, We need to turn the light around. Turn the light of attention and awareness and consciousness around so that we can see who we are and how we are processing reality. And when we notice that, we can be grateful. Yeah. So know, that's one.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's real, to, to tag on that, the interesting thing is how we process reality. Because if you look at, you know, there are an infinite 10,000 things around us to focus on. There are X problems in the world. There are X great things in the world. And we really, we choose what we pay attention to, mm-hmm. what we fill our mind with, and what we uh, choose to bother us in a certain way. And... And with an attitude, you know, the attitude of gratitude, your focus is on (laughs) the good things in this world, which are plentiful and can occupy you from morning till night. And and one thing that
0: you just said is interesting. You said we choose. Well, and in a way we do choose and in a way we don't. Mm, (laughs) Because most people are on automatic pilot. Remember, not one person can tell you what their next thought is going to be. Right. But yet, if you look at most people's patterns of thinking, and how they emotionally feel their affective life and their behaviors and their communication styles, you will see remarkable sameness day after day, month after month, year after year. And if reincarnation is correct, life after life, you 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 just see these patterns that people get locked into.
1: Yeah.
0: Whereas if we took the time to slow down and notice the change, because as the Taoist say, the only constant in life is change. And if you notice that, and also notice how the change is actually supportive of what is appropriate for that moment, then you will have that sense of deep appreciation and gratitude. And you'll wind up just smiling internally all the time, Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. the time. In fact, that's another one of the things that I think that people can do every day is what is known in Taoism as the inner smile,
1: oh, okay.
0: the inner smile. So if we turn the light around and t- take a look at ourselves, you know, kind of like looking in a mirror of consciousness, and imagine that you can actually see inside your own body, you can see, in fact, your internal organs mm. because they're in there 24-7, thank goodness, doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? Your heart, your lungs, your liver, your spleen, your kidney, your gallbladder, your pancreas, right? And other things you don't even know the names of. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're in there working away, keeping you alive and functional all the time. another thing to be grateful for, by the way. Yeah. And so to help us with that imagery is the inner smile, And so in your mind, as you look at your heart and lungs, spleen, liver, kidney, and so on, Imagine them with a little smiley face on them, Mm -hmm. that they're smiling at you, that they're since they're working so well, they feel good and they're just laughing and having a good old time. And then you put a smile on your own face, on your own lips, and you smile right back at them. Pretty soon you've got this happy show going on inside of your mind (laughs) and body. The happy show. (laughs) The happy show. And people will see you walking down the street and go, wow, I wonder what he took. (laughs) Why is he so happy all the
1: time? Well, it's like in church, Chong's one of the uh, one of the chapters is called uh, "Happy Wandering," right? Yes, and I I love that concept of just every day, like being able to kind of be blissed out, just walking around, appreciating this big, wild, crazy, infinite amusement park we're in, and just enjoying it. And I, I, you know, I I guess with that practice, other people are going to be have a much more positive. Uh, interaction with you as well because you've got this inner smile yes and you're happy yeah. and you're you're a non-threat to that person and yes. they, they want to engage with you and feel <laughs> uplifted and be happy to be in your presence
0: happiness and contentment is contagious mm-hmm so you want to spread something spread that (laughs) right because so are the opposites so is tension and worry and stress and fear and pain and anxiety and hatred those are also contagious again look at the world yeah you see a contagion of many of those things right now in our country and certainly in other countries around the world and the antidote to that and it's actually been proven Pretty much in the lab that when you get a group of people together and they go into meditation and start to think about peace and serenity and they go into a state of coherence mm-hmm. where, where they're all synced together, the surrounding areas, the crime rate decreases dramatically yeah. and, and no one even knows that they're doing that at a conscious level, but at a subconscious level, somehow, again, because we're all connected at that quantum level, somehow that affects a whole city. And in terms of the death rates and the injury and the people admitted to hospitals and the violence, the crime, it all decreases. So what if we all kind of committed ourselves to be grateful and have this sense of inner contentment every day? What might that change about this world? Yeah. But we need to know that that's possible, that we can do that, and that brings me to the third thing, which is ambiance. Okay. Ambiance is the feeling, the felt sense of the environment that you're in. For example, if you walked into an ancient cathedral in Belgium or someplace a thousand years old, and you walk in there and you go, "Whoa!"
1: You have that, you have that awe factor uh, with the ceiling. Oh and
0: the, my woo. goodness! Yeah. Or the Sistine Chapel or whatever, you can feel it. If You walk into here, and in art, my, my temple here. The, uh, people walk in here, and they go, "Whoa!" They they can literally feel the sense of peace and calm and balance and connectedness that this room just generates, just because of the art and relics that are on the wall. Yeah, and so every environment, every room you walk into has its own feeling, its, it own, its own felt sense, its own vibe, its own vibe. Exactly. Yeah. And so the ambiance practice is simply that. Notice what every environment that you enter feels like. Now, don't label it or judge it because that can take you off. Oh, this feels this or that. No, no. Get beyond this or that and just notice that this feels like, hmm, that feeling, whatever that is. And then just notice that. And then when you move to the next part of that environment or another room, perhaps, notice, and this is cru- crucial, notice the change in the ambience, the change in the feeling. Mm-hmm. This is a way to radically expand your ability to pay attention, to notice without judgment, which is mindfulness, and to become very, very psychic. Okay. Uh, you will know things that other people don't know. If there's going to be a crime somewhere and you're walking there, you will turn around and walk the other way. Right. If you were going to be in a place where there was going to be a disaster, guess what? You won't be there. Why? Because you are so in tune with the Tao that you do what is most natural to your own self preservation without even knowing why half right. the time. Very, very powerful skill.
1: And then maybe uh, another way, uh, if this is correct, correct me if I'm wrong, if there is a positive energy about something, something's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. This is going to be great. Mm-hmm. This is going to be favorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be a moment of sharing, whatever, yes. that you will open yourself up to that as well.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You will be in sync with the flow of the Tao. Mm-hmm. And naturally, without even knowing why or how, just be in the right place at the right time with the right people and the right supports and resources. Mag- just like Magic. It isn't magic, really. It's really the, the bonus that we can download from paying attention. Mm-hmm. Because most people are not... They're, 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 they're like zombies. They're walking around in a fog, in a cloud mm. of unawareness. And that is deadly. I always say, ignorance is not bliss. It's painful. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. It will hurt you. <laughs> All right, let's see here. You know what? Let's get to... Let's do it. Let's do a chapter here because we didn't do a chapter last week. Oh, okay. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the option. Uh, let's uh, chapter thirteen or chapter eleven. What would you like? Because we had those both on on the list here.
0: Well, let's talk about chapter thirteen. All right. It's kind of fun. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. In chapter thirteen, Lao Tzu says this in his provocative way of speaking, (laughs) Mm -hmm. accept disgrace willingly, accept misfortune as the human condition. What do you mean by accept disgrace willingly? Accept being unimportant. Do not be concerned with gain with loss or gain. This is called accepting disgrace willingly. What do you mean by accept misfortune as the human condition? Misfortune comes from having a body without a body. How could there be misfortune? Surrender yourself humbly. Then you can be trusted to care for all things. Love the world as your own self. Then you can truly care for all things.
1: Isn't that's that beautiful? No, oh, that's good. Isn't that
0: beautiful? So I often suggest to people that we are too much a slave to external conditions or to our own internal ways of thinking, and perceiving about how things are or should be, which is often connected to other people's wants, needs, desires, or opinions about what's right or wrong. Or the medias, or the church, or their school, or the government, or some forces out there are always telling us how we should be living our lives. (laughs) Right, yeah, yes. And if our contentment, And happiness is dependent on fulfilling some outside forces opinion about what is right for us in order to be a good person, a happy person, to have a fulfilled life. That is a recipe for misery and disaster. I guarantee you. Yes. (laughs) It will not work. But, and
1: it's a, it's like a prison. uh, Oh, is it a prison? Yeah. Oh,
0: it's a prison. And a lot of us walk around like we're either a slave or a prisoner. Yeah. To external expectations or even more insidious to our own internal expectations. Yeah. Because we have absorbed these external uh, demands and expectations and are now uh, living it as, as if it's coming from us. Right. And it really isn't. We don't know who we are because we haven't learned how to turn the light around, pay attention, notice the ambiance, notice with a sense of gratitude, uh, w- w- the, the the benefits and the bonuses that are accruing to us every second. And instead, we have this notion that we have to do something that something or someone else has said was important to us. Yeah, Lao Tzu here is cautioning us against that attitude, where he says, accept disgrace willingly, accept being unimportant, do not be concerned with loss or gain. Now, he said, misfortune comes from having a body. Well, that's certainly true.
1: <laughs> right. Eventually it will decay. It's you know, yeah. You
0: gotta eat every day, right? You yeah. need warmth, you need clothes, you need the money. Right. You know, we need all kinds of things, you know, that just being in a body and in a third dimensional world and universe that is connected to things that will diminish yeah. or go away. It require and upkeep. It require yeah. upkeep, maintenance, right? And so if we don't identify with that, if we accept disgrace willingly and realize that, as he said, surrender yourself humbly, then you can be trusted to care for all things. Love the world as your own self. And so if we see ourselves as part of the whole, no more or less important than anything else, but unique, and that we are therefore receiving from the external world, as well as delivering, communicating, sharing with the external world, then all is okay. Mm-hmm. And here's something I always tell my clients, particularly those in psychotherapy, <laughs> who have a, have had a lot of difficult things to deal with in their lives. If you, again, accept misfortune, right? Gladly. So there's no way to avoid misfortune you're in a human body you got a brain you got a right brain a left brain there's no way to avoid certain realities in life yeah if the stock market goes up if you have this or that and if your happiness is dependent on anything external if that determines whether or not you're going to be happy you talk about being a slave,
1: yeah, being you're a prisoner. In a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah.
0: you're a, you're a prisoner to external things happening in a certain way or not happening in another way. Why can't we be just okay with who we are and where we are, regardless of what's happening out there? Because we have what? How much control over all of that? Zero. Zilch, zero nada. In many many instances, mm. we have no control, and we're gonna we're going to pin our happiness, our well-being, our contentment to something that we have zero control over? Uh, No, Uh, that is a prescription for disaster and for not having that attitude of gratitude and instead having the very opposite. And, and, And the same thing comes from our internal reality. Many people I have talked to and have read about have said that the most important spiritual growth that they experienced in their entire life was when they had a serious physical illness. Mm -hmm. They learned the value of every moment and of true friendships and caring and relationships. And if they hadn't gone through this like life-threatening experience, they never would have gotten there. They never would have learned how to appreciate just a smile. Or, or just the sun coming up the next day, or watching a cloud float across the sky. They learn how to appreciate the smallest, smallest things. And people under deathbeds have said that they, there are two things that they feel sorry about. One, is how much they worried all the time. And two, they, was the sense of regret that they, spent, they wasted so much time chasing all those external things that in the end don't matter that turned out to be not important. And they worried about those things and they obsessed about those things and they tried to grasp those things and they defined their very existence by those things, which in the long run didn't matter at all. Right. And so I tell people all the time, imagine, so to help yourself with this process, imagine to, to sit down for ten minutes and imagine that this was your last day on earth. You're gonna die in an hour. Yeah. Now, what's important? What are you going to do in the next hour? Go out and work harder and make some more money? No <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what what would you do? What would we do if we had one hour to live? What would take on meaning for us? Would you pray? Would you meditate? Would you go to uh, your wife, your mother, your sister, your brother, and tell them you love them and and how much they, they meant to you and want to get that exchange with them? Would that be the most meaningful thing? And, and how much does that cost? Mm. How much does that bring you uh, the, no. the, 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 yeah. in exchange? And so... Rather than wait until we're on our deathbed, why not do this every day? <laughs> right. That you know you you said you've written you read those books by Carlos Castaneda about Don Juan. What did Don Juan say? Constantly use death as an advisor. He said it's right over your left shoulder, right? Yeah. Staring you in the face all the time. And if you use that as a as a guideline for how to make every moment precious, your life you will have, you will live and inhabit a meaningful existence. Yes. Yes. That is part of the great Tao.
1: And we will end on that. Thank you, C. Joe. Thank you.